Good day, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. Mark you. Mark this day, you. Mark this time of day. Mark this time of the year. Mark what has happened here. Consider come November how each responded. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. And you may say, we'll get to it. Well, my brothers and sisters, the Democratic Party, what have they given you for your toil? What have they given you? What have they responded with? What have they done in response to your outcries, to your desires being out in the open? Have they repented of their sin of the past? Have they sought reconciliation? Have they sought to make good on your cries for justice? Have have they? What have they done? Tell me. I I have not seen one thing come from not one solution come from the outcry of the problems coming from the Democratic Party. What have they done? Have they led? We cry for leadership. But have they given leadership? In Minneapolis, did they lead or did they follow? They followed. There was a mob who called upon leaders in Minneapolis to seek to dismantle, to defund the police. And what did they do? They started bragging about how they were going to what? Follow the mobs. My dear brothers and sisters, would you call it leadership when the principles by which they make their decision is out of fear? Because, my brothers and sisters, anything that can be done by fear can be undone by fear. If it only takes a thousand people to do something, then would it not make sense that if you have a thousand and one out crying for the undoing of the thing, that it would then be undone 
Well, then you may say, well, then we shall bring 2,000. Okay, you bring 2,000 with the outcries of justice. And then the opposing size brings 2,001. Should your cries be heard? Should not theirs, by your standard, be heard as well? When you call for something to be done, and it is done, and then the, your enemies call upon the thing that you called to be done to be undone, can you blame your leaders for not leading? So what must you do? Well, first, my brothers and sisters, you must come to the understanding that it is not enough to be the loudest in the room. As I had a high school teacher once tell me that just because you are louder does not make you righter. And here's the reason why. Because just because you are right you do not want your enemy to simply be declared right because he had a bigger mouth than you. There's always a bigger mouth. And just because a man has a bigger mouth does not mean he has a better idea or a more efficient idea or anything of the nature. Understand, my brothers and sisters, that actions done on fear will never stand. Will never stand because it is too easy to push them away. To push those feelings away. To suppress them, to repress them. So what do we do? first looked for a higher standard. I would declare and I would entreat you to consider the highest standard that you look to God's word and that on that rock you stand. For the, when the mobs run amok and go away the command to love your neighbor as yourself still stands when when the mobs and the rioters have gone home leaving your city in tatters and ruin there the word of God stands and Anything that the mob had said, anything that the mob had demanded that coincides with God's word will stand as well. To demand that a man is not to be judged by the color of his skin that there should be no partiality 
by way of the politician is a godly desire. But my brothers and sisters, you cannot and you shall not demand of your leaders to honor God's law of not showing partiality between the poor and the rich or the rich to the poor from the black and the white or the white to the black while at the same time you have decided it expedient to throw your lot with the losers to throw your lot with the fools for that too is commanded against by God's word that too God has said no to and that too my brothers and sisters will be judged you cannot breed faithfulness with unfaithfulness you cannot tell your enemy that you must honor God's standard of justice by means of unjust means. Unjust means will always lead to unjust ends. The reason behind that is even though your mission may be good, you must uh, not allow the unjust to tamper with it. Remember Joab, my brothers and sisters. Remember David's warning his son, Solomon, to avoid Joab. Who's Joab? Joab is the leader of David's army. He is the general. He is the high general. He is the general to whom killed David's son who sought for the uh, who put his lot in with one of David's other sons against Solomon because it was expedient. It didn't look good that David chose Solomon or that God chose Solomon to be the heir of the kingdom when Solomon was not the firstborn, nor was Solomon born of a of David's first wife, nor was Solomon born of uh, a necessarily godly wife. He was born of Bathsheba, to whom used to be Uriah the Hittite's wife, and Joab recognized that it did not look good politically for such a man to be in power. Joab was not thinking of justice. Joab was not thinking of 
what was good, what was true, what was beautiful, what was God's way. He was doing what was right in his own eyes. And perhaps he had some good points, but alas, David warns his son to beware of Joab. And you may ask, so what did Solomon do? Well, Solomon puts Joab on house arrest. And my brothers and sisters, it is good when you are seeking justice, when you're seeking wisdom in the civil magistrate and you're calling upon the civil magistrate to be just as firm with those to whom want to help you. Beware of Joab, my brothers and sisters. Beware of the Joabs who say that they can help. You may you you, you probably are wondering how did if Joab was so dangerous to by which David tells his son to beware of Joab, then why did Joab make him the highest general of his armies? And the answer, my brothers and sisters, is this that Joab got or that David told his men during a battle that if that if whoever was the first to go up against his enemies, he would make the general of his armies. And Joab was the first to go up. And so in his honor, David gave Joab the a title. Um, he was a man of his word, and he did so. My brothers and sisters, this is why I say beware of Joab. Beware of the one to whom answers the call to power. Understand, Joab did not jump at the opportunity to slay David's enemies for David, but he slayed his enemies, slayed David's enemies for Joab. Now, now that does not mean, I do not believe that Joab wanted to be in the front lines. I believe that he wanted to be an influence on David. And in many ways, Joab was a more honorable man than even David. If you read through 1 Samuel, you can, um, you can quickly notice that there are many uh, decent things that Joab does that you can see were shrewd. But my dear brothers and sisters, he is shrewd like a snake. And beware of the snakes. Beware of those to whom are in your leadership and yet are there to devour. Beware, my brothers and sisters. So what then shall we do? Who do we trust if we can't trust the Joabs? We need allies. 
we need a majority. We need, in order to make change, we need what the world says we need. We need to sign petitions. We need, what do we need? My brothers and sisters, I would commend to you that what you need is to be enduring in Bible boldness and godly faithfulness. And what that would look like is not the shotgun, a million pellets in the air, one round, trying to overthrow a city, trying to mob rule. That is not how true change comes. True change, com- true change comes from the gospel. My brothers and sisters, I would suggest to you and I would commend to you the the anti-abortion way. You may say, well, what is this? What is that? Everybody knows that at at every Planned Parenthood, at every abortion mill, There are brothers and sisters who every day or at least every week for a time will preach against the slaughtering of the innocent, the slaughtering of black babies, of white babies, of Hispanic babies, of Asian babies, and on and on and on. They are calling for the end to the slaughter. There are no riots. And I should step back. There was once riots. There is a book that has infamy amongst the church. And even infamy to the author of the book. uh, Douglas Wilson's Black and Tan. It is a controversial book, even by Douglas Wilson's standards. But understand, my brothers and sisters, that it was written so as to hold back the abolition of abortion on demand, so as to not drive our country into a second civil war, which it looked like it was going to be a true bloodbath. This was right around the time of the pastor, the former pastor, who had shot an abortion doctor and was summarily executed for that crime. And Douglas Wilson wrote it to slow that down. And the reason behind it was that he believed that slavery could have been ended by way of how it is that abortion is being ended now. So how is abortion being ended? Abortion is being ended incrementally by the faithful preaching of God's word at the abortion clinics. How do you end abortion? 
by preaching against it at the place in which the sin is being committed, where the what used to be the crime is being committed. How do you end police brutality, my brothers and sisters? You must, you must, and you shall go to the police stations, the pastors, the elders, the leaders, or those to whom have been ordained by the church, who God ordained by means of the church, to represent the church, to represent that prophetic voice to the culture, to go to the police stations and preach. Just as there are signs that say, do not kill your baby, have signs that say, do not kill my baby, do not kill my son, do not arrest my daughter, do not bear false witness against my son or my daughter, show no partiality, have scripture, let them know that you are there to support them, give them water, give them meat, give them drink, give them clothes, help support them, love on the police, love on the criminals, do prison ministry, do what you can to have a godly presence. Because my brothers and sisters, the reason why the culture is the way that it is, the reason why the jurisprudence is the way that it is, the reason why we have Black Lives Matter movement, the BLM, that godless movement that is seeking to destroy not just black homes, but all homes, seeking to destroy the church, seeking to divide the church, seeking to wedge brother against brother, seeking to devour, if they can, even the elect. My brothers and sisters, we must avoid them and support one another in seeking justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God and teaching our police to do the same. My brothers, it will be difficult. I would su- That's why I suggest that you have the leaders of your church do it or those to whom have been trained to do it. And do not have the Joabs come. My brothers and sisters, this must be done by men. I understand the passions of women are strong. I understand the passions of black women are strong. But, my brothers and sisters, it is time for men to be men. And it is, and this will happen when men stand up. Now, I want to say this. It is not mandated by God to go to police stations for... God does not expressly command that you must do this exact way. But my brothers and sisters, we are commanded to go to the highways and byways and is not a police station, a highway, or a byway. Seek the justice, brothers.
I say that there must be men there because men must be able to guard their tongues and help guard those to whom are there. If a Joab shows up, it must be a man to, to silence the Joab. There must be a man, like so, there must be a Solomon who will put the Joab in their place. It's just how it has to be. It is good to be a man. And it must be a man. You must have the police see Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, there are godly brothers. There are brothers in Christ who are in the police force. And they will see it a great encouragement to see you there. You being there will more than likely help the brothers and sisters who are in the police force help them reform the police force from the inside. It will be a good thing for you to do this. So you must do this. For your children, you must do this. For our offspring, you must do this. For our grandchildren, you must do this. For our great-great-great-grandchildren to a thousand generations, we must seek the good of our people and not just by the color of our skin, but by the word of God's mouth to the people whose God's ears resonate. For the elect of God, we must and we shall bring the peace that we long for, that all of creation longs for. My brothers and sisters, We have come to Jesus Christ. We must look to Jesus Christ. Why do black lives matter? Black lives matter because black lives are more than matter. Black lives are more than just matter in motion. Black lives are more than just cogs in the machine. They are more than just cogs in the capitalist, communist, revolutionary, reformation-y clocks. They are more than matter, and that is why they matter. We are all more than matter, and that is why we matter. We must give an account. Another way to put it is that we must give an account, and therefore our lives count. Because we will come again, because of the resurrection, because we believe in the resurrection of the body, the body of George Floyd matters. The bodies of our brothers and sisters matter. The bodies of the police matters. The bodies of all matter. Because they are more than matter. And my brothers and sisters, understand this. At the stroke of midnight on January 1st, 2021, 2020 will be gone.
2020 will be gone. It will be the 2021st year of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Mary's reign. Anno Domini. Our founders of this American nation recognize, and that is why in 1776, they say, in the year of our Lord, 1776. And then in 1789, they say, in the year of our Lord, 1789, and 13 years since the Declaration of Independence. They recognize that our Lord's reign is as significant and as real as the historical time of the founding of this nation. My brothers and sisters, we must recognize that we are in the year of our Lord's reign, not our reign. The reason why black lives matter is because there is a judge who will make our lives matter. We matter because Christ is the master. In the desire to abolish slavery, my brothers and sisters, you must serve the true master. And this master shows no partiality. He will take all. For those who are not a slave to Christ, I would say come. He shows no partiality. He does, you say, but I am poor. I say come. He shows no partiality. You say, but I am a rich man. And I say come. He does not show partiality. You say, but I feel guilty about what my grandparents did. Well, I say come. For he shows no partiality. You say, but I have met Christians and they show partiality. Well, I say come. For the Christian's master, and perhaps soon to be your master, does not show partiality. He even shows no partiality to the impartial. And my brothers and sisters, understand this. For you who are partial, to you who show partiality, to you who look at the skin, who look at the bank account, who look at the tithe, who look at the taxes, who looks at the suit, who looks at the tie, who looks at if they have a lot of melanin, who have very little melanin, who've been out in the sun, who has not been out in the sun. If you show partiality, then repent. Cry out to the God. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the King who shows no partiality. My brothers and sisters, come and Tell your family to come and welcome to Jesus Christ. All right, I'll end this Q 
curious conversation with this, everybody. Uh, there are less than 700,000 700, police officers in the country of America. Now I'm tracking that those numbers are different in each country, but in, in focusing on uh, our country, uh, my brothers and sisters, there are 700,000 of us. There are 700,000 church leaders in the United States who can, if they're able, go and preach to those parts of the nations. There are 700,000. So I pray, my brothers and sisters, uh, share this episode with other church leaders uh, and um, have them hear the call to just as John the Baptist called uh, the guards and the police and civil magistrate to justice, to equity, to impartiality. I mean, that being now somebody may say, well, that's what got John the Baptist killed. Well, if the argument from the Black Lives Matter movement is that people are already getting killed, then there's nothing to lose. So my brothers and sisters, go out there make disciples to the ends of the earth, even in the areas that seem like Samarias, where, where you believe the police are, Samari- is, are Samarias and Samaritans. Go and preach to them. Go. And until then, until next time, until our next conversation, as always, Drink your coffee and come to Jesus. Take care.